Making sure you and your loved ones can live comfortably in the future starts with choices you make today. At RBC Wealth Management, they can help you make the right choices in using the assets you've built up over a lifetime. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, RBC Wealth Management will help you plan for the coming years and the coming generations. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hello, everyone. This is Scott welcoming you into the podcast we call Dr. Usher Weighs In a podcast that will weigh in on a variety of things in medicine and health to better help you. Well, hello, Dr. David Usher. How's it going? Good morning, Scott. Things are going very well. Glad to be with you again. Well, again, uh, if people haven't already, go back and check out all the great podcasts that we have with this program and get caught up on things. Uh, I know today you've brought along a, a guest, and I'll, I'll step to the side here. What are you guys going to discuss today? Well, thank you very much. Joining me today is Angela Trapani, who is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, and she has joined our practice at Reform Medicine sometime in the last few months. The time flies by, Angela. I can't keep track of it. So um, we are going to uh, talk to Angela about what I think is a relatively new concept to a number of people, and that is uh, the somebody in psychiatry who can really help them out a lot, but they don't happen to be the psychiatrist MD that most of us are familiar with. So good morning, Angela. Good morning. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Um, what I would like to do is have you introduce for our listeners the, the concept, number one, who are you, and, and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we'd like to kind of hear from you what this, it's a long alphabet soup thing, <laughs> PMHNP, Psychiatric Mental Health Nurse Practitioner, what that is and and how is that, uh, what's that relationship between you and other providers in the healthcare system and what kind of things you do and so forth? Sure. Thank you for having me here today. I am Angela Trapani. I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner. That That is a mouthful. You can just kind of say psych nurse practitioner. I think that's a lot easier. Um, my background um, is mostly in psychiatry for nursing. I um, graduated from the um, program at CBTC with an associate degree in nursing and never had the desire to go any further with that and was very excited when the place that I was working at um, grandfathered me in and I didn't have to do any more education to get my bachelor's degree. However, um, my faith is very strong and um, I've always wanted to help people. That's why I went into nursing in the beginning um, and life changed quite a bit for me and I found myself very pulled um, wanting to go further in the education field and um, be able to be a provider for psychiatry. There is such a such a need in the community and um, at the time I was working as a, a child psych nurse and there were no providers in our area so children didn't have a place to go to get the specialized care 
Um, I had a child myself who was needing psychiatry services, and I, I understood as a parent how difficult it was to find that specialized person that was needed to help um, figure out what was going on and provide accurate medication options. And so <clears throat> life just kind of settled down for me with my child. And um, around the age of 40, I did a midlife crisis and decided to plunge into <laughs> education as my... Um, you didn't buy a Corvette? <laughs> I did not. Oh. <laughs> Probably would have been cheaper. <laughs> or a <laughs> in Tesla the long run. these days. <laughs> in the, right. Um, so I went back to school um, with the goal of becoming a, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Um, so I had to go through the long process and get my bachelor's degree first and then go on to... Um, you know, special graduate school to, to get the degree. And I did that process, um, receiving my bachelor's degree through Viterbo and then my um, graduate degree um, for the psychiatric nurse practitioner through Maryville University in Missouri. And then um, doors opened up along the way to being able to work with you. We had talked for a while of what psychiatry services in um, a fee-for-service type of um, place could look at look like and um, I ended up here with you right and thank goodness you <laughs> did we're so happy to have you we are um, uh, thank you for that we are as a primary care clinic uh, we manage um, behavioral health kinds of things a lot you know we see a lot of depression and anxiety and other things um, that influence where the psychiatric or the psychological the mental health behavioral health piece seems to be influencing physical health. So, and sometimes that's all people come in for is their mental health issues. So uh, we're happy to have a relatively highly experienced expert on our team to help us uh, occasionally with the curbside consult as well. So that's really great. Thank you. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about, uh, you mentioned the shortage in, in, uh, psychiatry, basically, and in child and mental, child and adolescent mental health, mm -hmm. there's really a shortage. Mm -hmm. um, talk just a little bit about that shortage, and um, in just in general terms, if you would, and then um, talk to us about the different types of mental health providers that there are, mm -hmm. and who does what, and and so on. Sure. <clears throat> there's a, a trend in medicine right now that there's not enough medical doctors being produced for the need um, of just about every specialty out there. And psychiatry is one that had a shortage pretty much, I think, its whole length of, of being in, in place. Um, however, with, with the way things are going in our world, the, the COVID um, pandemic and so many other things, there were already... Um, a shortage of providers for psychiatry and family practice doctors and, um, you know, regular medicine providers um, have had to really step up and do things out of their comfort zone and, and treat anxiety, depression, and, and so many other things. Um, nurse practitioners are, are, there's a, there's a push in psychiatry, um, nurse practitioning because there is so few psychiatrists out there um, that a lot of us are kind of filling in the gaps. Um, there's a, 
especially in our community area, there's a, a, a lack of providers. Seems like on each coast, the East Coast and the West Coast, they're about, and, and the borders, people like warm weather or nice scenery or <laughs> um, big cities where education and, is pushed and, and research and all. So around around the edges of the United States, you know, there's enough providers, but in the middle of of our in fly of our over country, land, right? Fly over country. Right. There's just not enough, and some states there's just a handful, and uh, people really rely on telehealth um, or nurse practitioners or, you know, the the family practice doctors stepping up and trying to do um, what a specialist really is is needed for. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a move towards um, increasing the the behavioral health or mental health. Uh, number of professionals, mm-hmm. right, the overall number. And uh, virtual health has been uh, an interesting phenomenon during COVID. We've seen that really take off. And in the mental health world, it seems like that is almost a better fit than most uh, other kind of medical issues, you yeah. know, because you don't have to do uh, as much in the way of physical exam and so forth. So from the standpoint of just, again, transitioning from that, I guess, is your so you are a, a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. How is that different from, say, a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist? Well, as a psychiatric nurse practitioner, I am licensed to be able to do therapy. Um, it isn't a focus that I particularly took on in my education. So um, I do do pieces of it, um, more involving it in my appointment rather than just having an appointment and doing education-based therapy. Um, I pull pieces of that and, and do um, like sound points mm-hmm. <laughs> along the way. So um, to, to be clear, when you say therapy, t- tell us what that means exactly. What is, sure. what is therapy? Everybody's <laughs> got a therapist, right? If you don't have one, maybe you need one. But what is it when somebody says, I see my therapist, what are they talking about? A therapist is a licensed professional who has... Um, learn to be able to um, first understand what is going on. They listen to you. They can diagnose um, using, you know, guidelines of, of um, our DSM-5 criteria for diagnostic purposes. And they go through um, things like cognitive behavioral therapy, which is specific ways of learning new ways of dealing with your problem, learning um, to understand the um, the misthinking that you may be having, and how to recognize what's going on and make change. Um, there's lots of different types of of therapy that can be done: trauma-based therapy, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and dialectic dialectic behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's there's pages and pages of right. types that that can be done so but those are but those are not medical therapeutics in the sense of writing no. prescription drugs nope. kind of thing okay they cannot prescribe medication um sometimes there's some ideas of medicine that come up somebody someone we may know um that this person does need medication and they're not on it so they may encourage um the use of it but they're not licensed to be able to prescribe medications and then you have um, your psychologist who um, has gone through the same types of, of, of training, 
but advanced. So they've learned the therapy approaches. They're able to do um, all of those things, those types of therapy that we just discussed. And then they also do um, testing. So like neurocognitive testing, IQ testing, um, th that a psychologist is the one that you need to go to to get the numbers pieces of it. Okay. Um, they have a doctorate degree, so they are called doctor, um, but they do not also prescribe medication. Okay. So um, psychiatric nurse practitioners and psychiatrists, which are the medical doctor of psychiatry, um, are the two people that can prescribe medications. Um, everyone along the way is able to um, um, diagnose and use the diagnoses of, of what psychiatry uses. Um, however, the therapists don't typically like to delve into that as much. They're not out there you know, just trying to figure out what's going on. They're presented with a problem and then they will name what that problem is but they're not out there just necessarily looking to see what what's going on yeah they're they're interested <laughs> in not exactly hanging a very precise diagnosis no. on somebody no. uh, so much as just helping them functionally right be better right healthier right. Mm -hmm. uh, from a mental health standpoint yep like coaches you know they're there to, to help you right there in the moment and all of that okay um yeah and then as a as a psych nurse practitioner I can do all of the things that a psychiatrist does however there are a few limitations in it um, certain states have different standards um, in Wisconsin I'm pretty much allowed to do anything that a psychiatrist does there is some legal aspects um, such as like um, guardianship type things when um, more of a an advanced level of knowledge and numbers and all of that is needed so a psychologist or a psychiatrist is needed um, for that type of paperwork um, but other you know just your basic kinds of things that you're coming for and needing medication I can do all of the same things that a psychiatrist does so your training is very specific to the psych and mental health realm whereas other nurse practitioners might have uh, focus on pediatrics or family practice or yep. uh, something like that or be nurse midwives your area of emphasis is psychiatry yes. and so that's that's what you do right specifically Count yes my scope of practice is only psychiatry right. um, I'm not licensed to practice other general medical kinds of things yes. I can't it's true that you have to be aware of those things but yep. you don't you're don't come to me for right. your knee pain, right? <laughs> That's right. No I'll broken you, bones. I'll send no. you down the hall to Dr. Usher and his colleagues. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Very good. So um, tell us what, um, from a from the standpoint of um, what you are doing uh, here, give us, give us some examples of what types of... Um, problems you would see and how that would be different than seeing your primary care doctor or when you might see somebody uh, on a referral basis from a primary care provider? Sure. Um, I'm first of all extremely thankful for family practice and general medical um, providers who have stepped up to help fill the gap. Um, there is such a need for mental health services and, and the psychiatry specialty is not able to serve the numbers that 
need it. So I'm very thankful, and especially the the um, providers here at Reform Medicine. Even before I um, started, I was very very impressed with with how well all of the of the providers here have a have an understanding of psychiatry. Um, it seems like people either get it or they don't get it and they're either good at it or not good at it and you can see some some problems with certain providers um, who don't have a true understanding of psychiatry or who are kind of forced into having to fill that gap and and those who see the big picture um one providers in general providers in general nationwide nationwide. exactly exactly um One big issue of a difference um, is in the realm of bipolar. Um, Bipolar is often a difficult diagnosis to truly get because people are coming into the clinic in a depressed state. They're not coming in in a manic state where it would be obvious that they are manic. Um, They're coming in depressed. And so in the shorter appointments that typically Um, providers have, general practice providers have, they're not able to do a full assessment of past history and gathering all of that information. And yes, the person is coming in and endorsing all of the criteria for depression, and it is depression. However, it's part of a bigger picture of bipolar. And a patient is often started on an antidepressant medication, which is like adding gasoline to a fuel fire, to the fire for a bipolar, so bipolar person. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be clear, though, bipolar is what um, uh, many of the uh, folks who've acquired a few birthdays uh, in their lifetime might have known as manic depressive or mm-hmm. manic depression, mm-hmm. uh, manic depressive illness. Yep. So we're talking about bipolar illness, which is the more formal name yes. for that type of thing. Okay. Yep. So um, the the problem with this is when antidepressants are given, it makes a person unstable. So they may become very manic or hypomanic, which is um, not quite as high. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a a, um, a spectrum there, uh, um, and then they may. Um, become suicidal they may do things that ruin their lives you know these are things very serious things they often lose jobs because of ongoing behavior type things that are difficult for them and um, research says that a person from the time they first come in for treatment until they get the correct diagnosis for a bipolar person on average average is nine years wow so that that's a lot of years that difficult things can be happening in their life. Um, so, so you have, as a psychiatric nurse practitioner, really your emphasis is when you see a person for the first time, you very specifically allow a lot of time to be able to see that pattern of what's gone on with this person's life yes. over years. And it gives you a broader perspective as to what may be going on with the patient so that you can get that nailed down. Yes, and and I'm extremely blessed here at Reform Medicine to be able to have a long assessment period. I have up to two hours oh. to spend with the patient, and so I, I go back to their childhood. What were behaviors like 
for them in the classroom you know um were they the kind of kids who were standing on the tables um <laughs> were they getting in trouble for bossing the um teacher around you know those those are clues to me that something more was going on at that time and people may not have been able to call it specific things but their description of behaviors to me is very important and i look at that whole life whether i'm seeing a child i go from early development to where they are at or an elderly person as far back as they can remember what was their life like and what were the difficulties like at that point and how did they describe those changes throughout their lifetime so as a psychiatric nurse practitioner at least as far as your um, training and background go you can see people across the age spectrum yes you're not necessarily a child psych nurse practitioner is there such a thing as, a, as somebody specialized in that there is um there are certain there's only a couple programs around the united states that specializes in that and they're very difficult to get into um most of the um education for psychiatry is across the lifespan at this point um and that's what that's what my training is um my um, delight of working. Um, I, I love working with children and I always have, um, most of my nursing as a psych nurse was with children. Um, though the last probably 10 years, I, I focused more on adults, but, um, went into nursing wanting to work with children. And, um, I, I love the littles, the littles, <laughs> the littles. So now you see, um, you see kids, but you also see adults. And elderly. Uh, and elderly folks. Yep, and, yep. And across the... Um, Definitely. Across the age range and across the spectrum of psychiatric issues, I mm -hmm. imagine. Yep. So children are coming in more so for um, issues with ADHD, um, autism, um, seeing a lot more anxiety and depression in children, especially since the COVID um, pandemic happened. Um, teenagers, you see a lot of eating disorders, substance abuse, depression huge in that realm um the young adults the transitioning into adulthood there's a lot of anxiety and depression substance abuse again um and then adults it's it's everything you know you have that that whole realm of diagnoses and then in the elderly dementia starts to be an issue um i'm specialized to be able to help in that area. And then um, substance abuse is also an area across the lifespan that nurse psychiatric nurse practitioners are, are specialized in, in doing. And that's another area that, um, besides the bipolar, going to a family provider or general practitioner can be a problem as well. Um, if there are medications that are able to help substance abuse, however, if someone has bipolar that they're self-medicating for right. with substance abuse, which is a high, high thing, um, those medications can make things worse for that person. And um, recently had a case in, in which that happened. Um, the um, a manic episode was triggered by some of the some of the medications, and and um, it wasn't a, a pleasant. And the people who are abusing substances aren't going necessarily going to be the ones coming and complaining about that right right right, right. well we mentioned um the effects of covid and i think we'll probably have to 
gin up a whole another podcast on that. Oh, that's the, a big, the, big the topic. <laughs> effects of COVID nineteen, uh, particularly, I would think on kids, but I think adults too. We can, Absolutely, we can see it. We have that conversation every day. So thank goodness it looks like that pandemic is waning, and hopefully, uh, we'll, we can put that in the rearview mirror before very long. Um, is there? So you see um, patients here. Uh, right, currently in our Eau Claire office. Do you do any virtual visits yet? Um, I have, I think, two scheduled. I haven't okay. done them yet, but but we can do those. So not for the initial appointment. Yeah, I you do like want to do see the people one in person. There's right. so much you get from seeing a, a person, right. their body language, and just how they interact. Right. But once you get uh, that feel of a person, I can good. And so do you're, telehealth you're, after that. You've got availability, and you're not overwhelmed with patients right. or anything yet, which right. is great. So we're, we like to avoid that in our practice. That's one of our um, kind of key things is mm-hmm. a doctor's not very good to you if you can't get in to see right. him. Right. right. So, okay, I think we're going to uh, call that a podcast. I thank you so much for your time you. today, Angela, and we're so glad to have you on board at Reform Medicine. We'll uh, look forward to having another uh, podcast episode with you at some point, and we'll see about what's going on as a result of this uh, tricky virus. <laughs> <laughs> thank All right, you. have a great day. You too. Thank you. Mm-hmm.